When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, welcome back to Heart and Hand. This is your second free show of the week. As always, I am your host, Adam Thornton. Joining me tonight to look back on last night's emphatic 3-0 win at Tynecastle is, first of all, Martin Ramsey. How are you? Very well, Adam. Given last night's events, good to see you. Absolutely. And we've also got Ali Bain making a a rare foray out of uh, Patreon into the, the big bad world. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. Pleasure to be on. Yes, so... um. A good, very good show to, to to kick us off. It's one of these ones I'm like, it's been a while since a midweek game's been been this enjoyable, Martin. I think we were talking in the um talking earlier on today. It's been a while since a, a league or a domestic game was was enjoyable as that. I think the obvious one is to go back to probably the fifty five season to think about um some of the games within there where Rangers have just showed a complete dominance. We do I think tend to do well at Tynecastle in these type of games when we are on it. I know that sounds a little bit strange, but it does suit us that this this kind of them sort of coming out and us being able to pick holes in them. That being said, I think what we executed last night was more about us um, and how we wanted to dominate. The intensity and tempo was right on it. And I thought from the first whistle, we were fantastic. No, I wouldn't disagree with that. It is one of these stadiums where if we are on it from the first whistle, then we, we we do tend to really put in one of the best performances of the season. It's maybe when we're tentative, if you are tentative there, even if Celtic are tentative there, it can be a difficult night um, because they they do believe they can they can take something. Um, probably a wee bit too much belief last night. We can maybe talk about hearts if you want. Um, it was quite a, a, an interesting approach to the game, but we were clearly, clearly... Um, at the right level of motivation, I know what you mean about the, the all-round performance. I mean, we won there four mil in September, um, yeah. a, a few at the end of the, the just uh, the, the week before Seville or whatever. Um, and we have had big scores over the last two years, 18 months, without the performance being as whole 
as as impressive um, as it was as it was last night. And I know fifty five obviously had its own dimension with a crowd. I think I can't remember who it was in the group chat last night mentioned uh, Easter Road and uh, just at Christmas twenty nineteen as being yeah. that start to finish. Um, yep absolute Rangers performance and it, it was a bit similar you just knew you just knew in the first few minutes right they are there they're on it what we may have feared we've seen bursts from this Rangers team especially at the start of what's well, usually the start of the second half but we, we've been capable of starting games well the odd time but it's how when's this going to disappear can we capitalize when we have it but there just wasn't that much of a lull was there it was it was something like the 90 minutes that we've been waiting for for, for, for some time Hundred percent, Ali. I thought it was quite interesting. The manager, obviously, a three-nil win at Tynecastle. We've played really, really well. Three offside goals, two offside goals, a penalty that was shouldn't have been a penalty anyway. But there was there was so many chances. But the first thing the manager picked out, Ali, and it's something that Jordan said here as well, was how pleased he was out of how pleased he was with the team out of possession. Excellent in terms of our pressing, winning the ball back, and the areas that we won the ball back in caused a lot of um, a lot of hassle for Hearts. What was your Thoughts on that? That looked like a real sort of return to form, those games that we always talk about, maybe Porto, Benfica away, where we've just looked absolutely on it defensively. It really felt like we were getting back to that last night. Well, I think given how aggressive um, Hearts' lineup was, whether that was through necessity, right, whether that was just all they had, so they played their hand early and tried to get an early goal. Um, which, by the way, if, if you look at the sort of story of this season with Hearts, it's maybe a consequence of that cup final where I know they took a lot of stick for sitting in a lot. So maybe this year they've, I know, maybe got it in their heads against us that they need to attack to try and sort of atone for that. I'm not so sure, but I think with that, there was a lot of balls down the sides. So obviously that's the big gap in our team, right? So Hearts tried to attack those areas. So there was a lot of defending needed by the fullbacks, a lot of defending needed by the covering midfielders and the inside channels. And I thought they did that really well. Um, Really, the only sort of note I have was at the end, pretty much the end of the game. Obviously, when you know we're fairly comfortable that Shankland has um, has got in behind Lundstrom, but other than yeah. that, you know, for the most part, I think we defended extremely well. And then you countenance that with the massive gaps, which again I'm sure we'll get into the Hearts gave us. That's okay. That's one thing, but us then taking advantage of that and using connectivity, using runs, using movements to expose those spaces, I think was was excellent. So really it was a perfect storm for a good performance and I'm just delighted that we, we grabbed that opportunity. Yeah, Martin, just on that defensive side of it, uh, if you like, um, I think that's eight games in a row now that we've had the same back four. Uh, obviously we've changed the keeper uh, a few times around there and I think from from memory that's three, four clean sheets out of the last five um, games that we've got. That sort of settledness there, the manager said he was very, very happy with uh, Borna Barisic in terms of his delivery last night. He said he thought that James Tavernier defensively was as on it as he's been in a while in that partnership in the middle. We know that is is starting to look very, very comfortable. I guess that solidity there, I wouldn't exactly say, as Ali said, Hart's got anywhere near sort of testing is in there, but slowly but surely that's starting to be an area of the team that looks as solid as it, as it has again in the last year or so. No, definitely. I think the last time I was on here, we were talking about the importance of the goalkeeper and how that affects the solidity. And there was just this brief moment, wasn't there, at Ibrox uh, against Liverpool in that first half where Davies and, and Goldson had started to 
to, to just knock yep. a few games out and think, right, that this this could be something. <laughs> and then, of course, Rangers being Rangers, that that, that gets um, chopped up in the air. Um, it's so important. You, you can rotate, you can mix and match in other areas of the pitch. I don't like it at, at, at centre-back at all um, because it, if you can get something that works or something you, you think will work, um, further down the, the line and just give it that time it, it that, that solidity then just um, breeds confidence around it it's all about the fullbacks being more defensively sound than they've looked it's no coincidence then that they're, they're, they're taking that 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 confidence and assurance from from those two because they know where they'll be that the the, the fiery end or the embers of of van Bronckhorst reign it was you know Kit room staff were, were getting talked about for playing centre centre back at, at some point. It was a shambles for 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 a variety of reasons. That doesn't help. It doesn't help that solidity. It doesn't help that that awareness of where everyone is going to be. And if I move forward, I know that that, that, that someone else is going to be where, where I need them to be. That's exactly what what fifty five was 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 based on. Um, and long may that that continue because we we can't do anything without without that kind of assurance. Ali, lots of love in the comments for uh, Glenn Kamara uh, and John Lundstrom. Um, I asked the manager today, um, I felt like they really set that tempo. We talk about winning the ball back and winning the ball back high. Um, the two of them with Tillman, um, to me, were were key in that, particularly winning the ball back in those good areas. I'm thinking about uh, the chance that Kent laid on for, for Kamara, who cut it back just before half time, and then the Lundstrom chance as well. Those come from our players winning the ball back in, in key areas. Again, we can talk about Hart's approach, etc., but the intensity and tempo that uh, they gave us in there, I thought, really set the tone. Uh, he said, the manager said today when I asked him that, he said he felt like we've got our legs back. They've came through a tough schedule um, and we're really moving into um, a sort of one game a week cycle. Um, we have to give credit where it's due. I know we've spoken about the midfield uh, a lot in terms of what they can and what they can't do, but when they're on it to that extent, um, I think we can see just how good both of them are. I guess because you also need to look at the, the the ground they're covering, right? So when you talk about defending, when you think about just those individual actions of making fouls, sorry, making tackles without giving fouls away or tracking runners so maybe they don't get the ball, right? So if Mackay last night is making a forward run, lunch from picking up so they have to go somewhere else to maybe a lesser player or less talented footballer, those are the sort of things that go unnoticed. But when I talk about the ground they're covering, I mean, at, at times last night, and Town did a really good job of breaking forward and, and getting back as well, to be fair. But the realities are these two lads are covering not only the fullbacks at times, but the midfield in front of them are covering in transition to get press high and press the ball as well. So when you think about that sort of 360 view of the defensive role, this isn't just two lads covering space as we shift left to right. 30 yards from our goal, like, you know, the majority of the midfielders in the league or certainly the majority of defensive midfielders in the league. We're asking to do a lot of of, uh, of different things. And what I was really glad about with Kamara last night was we started to see not just defending to block a tackle, but it was defending to quickly start an attack, yeah. right? So it's a quick interception or a quick turnover that sparks something else going forward. And I think that's... That's what I think we've been missing a lot in midfield. Um, again, for a variety of reasons, right? But I think specifically to last night, it was good because, again, the way Hearts attacked on the outside, you're covering a lot of space in the middle. 
Right, so there's three of our guys versus three of theirs, plus the attackers coming in. So there's a lot of bodies. Um, so like I say, a lot to do. And I, I thought the boys came out really then on top for sure. Adam, sorry, uh, you, in your view, is this a coincidence then about legs just coming at the right time? Because he's, he's spoken about, I think everyone has, has, has understood we were not fit enough when, yep. when Beal arrived. A lot of work to do on that, which doesn't happen. You don't see the effects of that instantly. Um, loads of football to play. Now we're, we're kind of back into a, um, a, maybe a bit more of a relaxed schedule. Is it just coincidence that 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 last night all of a sudden they feel a lot more energetic just because of the results of maybe two months of, of different work or the results of a new first pick, first team midfielder coming through the door and all of a sudden they say, no, no, I, I can make a 10-yard pass. Sorry, I was I was just messing about before I, I, I do remember <laughs> how to do all these things that I've, uh, I used to do um, last season. It, it just seems mighty, mighty coincidental for me. That was my next question to you, so I'm happy to answer it myself. Um, I, I think it has to be a factor, doesn't it? Ali will know, Ali will know better than us. If you've got three guys in there, and Kamara, Jack and Lundstrom, who who know that all three of them have had their injury issues this year, so if two of them are playing and the other one isn't, they know 50-60% sure I'm going, definitely going to play in the next couple of games. So um, maybe that sort of gets into your head a little bit. Um, we've seen how highly rated Raskin is. There's no absolutely no guarantees about any of this stuff. We we know we hype we overhype players when they join, and they'll be um, they probably won't ever meet the expectations that we give them in those couple of weeks when we're chasing them. But um, I think it has to have a factor. But also, uh, again, to go back to the press conference today, um, the manager said, and again, he was at great pains to say this. Um, I was very disappointed with the last twenty minutes against St. Johnson. Uh, I changed the shape, and after that, I thought we looked dreadful out of position. We went back to what we knew last night and we have our legs back. We have a collective understanding. Now, he thinks it's that, that intertwined with um, us getting our legs back in terms of fitness. I don't think there's any doubt. You've seen, uh, as Ross says here, Borma crashing into tackles last night, taking players on, beating men for pace, which I'm not sure I've seen in two and a half years, never mind 18 months. Um, I think it's probably just a culmination of things, Martin. I think this will be... Gerard used to talk about a block Let's get to the next international break and let's get this block done. I reckon Bill's taking it in, in month blocks. Let's get to the Celtic game um, and let's see what happens there. And then let's get to this this midweek game when it all starts to open up, when hopefully we're in a final, when we're working towards uh, getting into the Scottish Cup later around. So possibly, I don't want to say perfect storm, but just these incremental building blocks. Um, but yeah, I agree. The coincidence of uh, the two midfielders turning in performances that we haven't seen in a long time is... Um, is something that that uh, probably is a factor, absolutely. But I'm not complaining. Um, Ali, as as Martin said, uh, Nico Raskin has has joined. We'll we'll do a little bit of transfer chat just now. So he's joined a four and a half year deal. Um, we believe around about a million pounds plus five hundred grand in add-ons, and then I think it's twenty percent of a profit sell-on um, if it comes. Um, from what the manager is is kind of saying, it, it feels like he will then go into direct competition with the three that we've mentioned, Jack, Kamara and Lundstrom, for those two slots in the team. Um, the more I listen to the manager and the more that I've been doing a little bit of watching and reading, etc., I think we're probably looking at Raskin or Kamara um, and then Jack or Lundstrom as as the other one. Would you agree with that, first of all? And, and I guess similar to, to what we think about Cantwell possibly being Kent's insurance policy, is this another one that Raskin is in here as... 
almost the hair the heir to Kamara, if you like. If Kamara does want to leave in the summer, then we've got a sort of ready-made replacement in. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the last couple of games you've started to see a little bit more um, familiarity with the roles, right? They're obviously getting more used to it. You know, the prep's very similar for these games. So if we're if we're figuring that Tillman is more the attacker and let's say Lundstrom or Jack is more your sort of destroyer in midfield that we've, you know, we've, in other shows we obviously spoke about those roles. I think now that Kamara's starting to defend deep but attack from deep and get forward, I think this could be perfect for this lad because now you've got another building block to move the ball forward. It can now push Kent a wee bit higher. Or if you pull, let's say, Cantwell on the inside right, you've now got another builder that you know we can switch the ball through and it's not just attackers in behind all the time. So I, I like that we've still got a, a footballer in there because if you're playing, again, a jack at a lunch, there's a tendency sometimes if we're playing with two players like that, together that it's just all about the tackles and the transitions you need someone that can slow the game down speed it up link the play a wee bit just keep it for a second right to everybody takes a breather so the fact that um, Kamara's really coming on to a game I think has obviously helped the team it's you know it's helped himself because he if he if he is sort of anchoring for a move elsewhere he's got to start picking up yeah. his performances right um but in terms of asking moving forward I, I think it's obviously a great sign because there's a lot of potential with this boy. He's clearly coming in here at a level where he sees himself as an international footballer and somebody that can play at an elite level. He sees himself as a, you know, Europa League, Champions League level player. And to do that at 21, right, with, you know, I think nearly 100 pro appearances by that stage in a first team, being a regular, not off the bench guy, you know what I mean? It's It says a lot for, um, you know, for, for all the stick the recruitment boys get. It says a lot that we've We've managed to get this lad here because it's not like the old days where we're paying 20 grand more than everybody else. You know, I'm sure he could have got more money elsewhere. So I think it's, it's it's a bit of a coup. But at the same time, if we just look at this purely on a football level, I think it's the signing we've needed for, for a long time. Purely on a football level, just a really, really good footballer that I think can offer us a, maybe a, a broader range to what Kamara can do, who's already a talented player. But I think this lad's got a, a better passing range. I think he's got a wee bit more dig to him. So it's, you know, ticks all of the boxes for me, for sure. Yeah, Martin, another interesting thing that, that's been happening with, with Kamara in these last two two games has been how far forward he's he's been getting. Um, mm. And the manager did mention that after after the game on, on Saturday. He said he's been asking him to go a little bit beyond where it, he was reborn or, or a new Kamara, etc. Obviously, we've seen him go beyond and score. And then last night, I think I mentioned earlier on, overlapping Kent in the box which you never really see I wonder if that's Bill trying out that role and maybe the maybe not the player that he wants in it if you like but trying out that role like we've spoken about before on Tactics Talk this is the role of the left-sided central midfielder let's bring someone in who can do it so I, I, I wonder maybe if Kamara can keep up that consistently and give us that between now and the end of the season in conjunction with Raskin great but as Ali said I really think Raskin is probably more suited to that type of role, and again, the more I hear the manager talking, the more I think that is where he'll be. That sort of left-sided number eight, rather than than the midfield anchor. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's not a playmaker or someone that can give us the sort of passing from deep that we need mm-hmm. as well. So, be interesting to see how that one settles down. It will, uh, and again, go back to the centre half thing about stability. Um, are we going to just keep this ticking over? And and with that midfield three, you won't see the, the same three, you know two, three weeks in a row, um, there is, there's 
there's benefit to that, but there's there are obviously drawbacks. You want as settled a, a side as possible. I think it's maybe the front three you can you can maybe uh, mix and match a wee bit more. Um, so do you ease him in, or do you say no? We've we've wanted this boy. Um, he, he straight in whenever his work permit comes through, and you you know they shut this is until till till something different. It, it's going to be interesting to see how um how he just bleeds him into the team, and then you're right. Where where does he? fit because um, I think we know we need a player, we've talked about it or you guys have talked about it in Tactics Talk, I just asked the questions and shut up, but we need a a, a midfielder who's able to take the ball from those centre-halves and with his back to go and turn and then link these two parts of the team up um, a lot more seamlessly than we've been been doing before. Um, Now he can Presumably, do that from um, a variety of different positions on the pitch. So um, we we can't be too rigid in that. But yeah, I, I think you're right with what he's trying to do with Kamara, and 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 we'll maybe see him cover maybe more of the ground than, than maybe some some expected. Um, but back to Kamara, Kamara's such a weird one. He's capable of that. He's capable of real. Composure. Um, I can't remember who missed a one-on-one on Saturday. It might be Morelos. Um, yeah, it was. He played the and, pass through. Yeah. Yeah, and I kind of joked to my f- friend, "Is like you'd only bank on roof really one-on-one, and weirdly, maybe Glenn Kamara than those one occasion or those few occasions that he, he finds himself one-on-one in, um, in 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 the box. And lo and behold, he he popped up um, late in the second half and was as as cool as you like. There was the one at St Johnston, of course, last season, and there there is that uh, Leipzig, of course, uh, but there is that, and he's his locker, those those ghost runs and you know almost Lampardian finishes. Um but like a lot of the great things with Kamara, we've just and Lundstrom and Jack and all the, the host of, of of players we've had here over the last three or four years, we we just haven't seen it anywhere near consistent enough and and, and that's been the frustration. I think the pleasing thing for me as well, just last thing on on, on Kamara there was we, we said when Bill came in, it felt like Kamara had one foot out the door, maybe literally in his sense, but then maybe even in terms of the team, he wasn't getting um, many opportunities, etc. But we knew Michael Beale liked him, and we knew that he would probably not want to cut his nose off to spite his face. So if a bid came in, okay, maybe we could think about it. But I think more importantly, we would rehabilitate him, rehabilitate him both in terms of maybe what he can give to the team, but also his transfer value as well. I know it's only been been a few games, etc. But if you have Glenn Kamara performing and coming in and contributing to the team over the next three, four, five months, it's still a skill set that teams will want to buy. I'm not suggesting that he's going to go for 15, 20 million when he's 27, 28. But what could have been 3 million in the summer might end up being 5 or 6 million as a as an example. So I think that's really quite sensible as well in that space, particularly if we then have an ear coming in to, to, to really hit the ground running from, from the summer. Ali, obviously you are uh, USA based. Um, I saw the US men's national team quote tweeting the the Malik Tillman song uh, today. Um, I asked the manager about him the other the other day in terms of how happy he has been with him. Um, it is very rare we can get caught up in Bayern Munich player nearly went to the World Cup. We're going to spend six million pounds on him, etc. But he's not twenty one until the end of May, Ali. And for someone to be coming in and playing the way he has, he has a moment in every game that more often than not 
is an impact. I think you can have a player like Morelos who'll have a couple of moments in a game or Sakala and sometimes they don't come off. But for me, Tillman has a moment in every game and it does something for the team, whether it's a goal, whether it's an assist, whether it's something that, that happens in the team. For someone who, like I said, is um, not 21 for another four or five months, he has been um, fantastic for me. And I thought that goal last night is quite simple, but that's a really difficult execution when the balls went to one side and it's getting brought back the way just for him to even configure his body to to get that in I thought it was really really impressive it was and um I think what we're seeing with this lad now under Beal that we've started to protect him a bit more you know it's funny I've, I've heard a lot on the sh- on the shows about the um you know maybe defensive responsibility tracking runners all those things and I guess really the more I look at it now, because there was a couple of instances the other night where I thought he's did a really good job of um of you know tracking a man, but it's maybe only over 10, 15 yards. Whereas yeah. maybe at the start of the season where our you know attacking shape is the full width of the field, you're asking your midfielders to really cover a lot of ground. You know, maybe just a simple answer is we just didn't protect him enough. Maybe just not good at that. You know, it's like you know, asking, I don't know, Morelis to run the channels and put crosses in. He's not good at it, so don't ask him to do it. So I, I think if we sort of are able to decipher what this lad's good at and, and build a role for him, which I think Beal's very good at, I think we'll be in really, really good shape with him. I think one criticism, I, not criticism, I guess, but one sort of concern I have for a lad that's really going to that next level is, does he really have the pace to burn in terms of getting beyond the forwards, getting in the box? But when you're so instinctive from a technical perspective about beating players, about being able to carry the ball in transition, again, I'm maybe I'm maybe you know working up the, the wrong angle with that. Maybe I'm 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 looking at his pace as being an issue when really it doesn't need to be one, especially if he's got Sakala in front of him who can cover that. It's good to see, Ali. It doesn't matter if you've got pace around him. If you've got someone right. who can control that and he's got vision, um, mm-hmm. I mean, he he could have easily. Especially after nights like Anfield, for example, when he was he was thrown out in that or Parkhead um, in, in September, right wing yeah. and right wing, not yeah. kind of right sided forward. Um, but he has for the reasons you just mentioned, Ali, absolutely yeah. ill suited. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have just packed it in, and because he, right. he got a roasting, he got a hard time uh, on the on the day and from from the support. Um, there was one moment, I think it might have been a European game, it was certainly midweek, where he just stopped, just let the boy run away. Now, mm. at this club, that's the kind of thing that, that burns into to fans' memory, and it doesn't or it doesn't matter, but it takes a long time in this kind of form to start eradicating that, that memory mm. of someone who isn't trying, who isn't working right. and running about. This club venerate folk that run about more than anything else and that, that that was a difficult start for him and I think on Saturday he, he's done it before but on Saturday against Johnson the amount of times that he he, he was on breaking back, stuff yeah. up and and, yep. and and you're like right that this boy is, is now really really starting to um to just feel a bit comfortable or a bit more comfortable and he, he's <laughs> we might talk about Cantwell in a minute but he's got composure that, that Kamara something when Kamara's on it has and it's just priceless. The, the way he took that goal, Adam, you're absolutely right. Um, the moment against Aberdeen for the, the, the 
in Petodre just before Christmas the, for the winner, where he yep. could have just, well, I've got the ball on the edge of the box, I'll just going to smash this in and see what happens. He didn't. He waited, he waited, he toyed and toyed and said, there's my moment. And he's one of those players that looks as if, in his mind, the game is going a lot slower than we are seeing it, and that's a gift. Um, and it's, it's going to be a very interesting one if that trajectory continues along the line it is what we do. Surely that's, um, Ali, I think your point's absolutely valid, but surely that's good team building or, or good squad building. We always talk about this if you, and it was the same years back where you'd have Tavernier bombing forward and we'd have no defensive midfielder or no one covering them. Surely if, if a player has, not necessarily weaknesses, but a player has something that an opposition could exploit, maybe that is Tillman's lack of pace, you cover for him. We've made a big, a big deal over the last 18 months or so about Kent's lack of goals and assists and we've said if we could get other players in that front three who can provide goals and assists then it's less of an issue so we try and minimise the weaknesses and play up the strengths by bringing in legs around them like Raskin, like Sakala um, like hopefully Kamara if he can keep that up I guess we can protect him and we can almost do bits of that dirty work for him but at the same time I'm not sure it's quite that he's an invalid, if that makes sense, and it was always, it was always posed to Aribo. I think there's a difference between being a defensive-minded player and not tracking back or not being good out of possession. I thought Aribo was quite bad sometimes at maybe losing his runner in defensive areas, but winning the ball back, fantastic at it. So mm. I feel like there's maybe a nuance there, and I think Tillman is is probably different. He's by no means lazy off the ball. He's just got this languid style sometimes, but he can position himself in a way as we've seen against St. Johnson and Hearts that he can win the ball back. Well, if you look at even last night, right? Let's take the let's take the, just the overall shape, right? The team. So we're starting off with two forwards. Kent is at ten, and then the midfield three. So right away, if you've got any issues with a lad defensively, we've protected him by funneling play to wide areas. Now, it just so happened, Hearts were probably going to play that way anyway with their back three. So now you're asking him, okay, we don't need to press forward when they initiate the game. You're just covering wide areas, right? Or if your player checks to get it, just follow him. Whereas when we think back to you know early on in the season where there's two wide wingers, there's one high striker, you've now got this huge central area as a midfielder, you need to try and cover all this space. And yeah, it goes back to its management 101, right? Play to people's strengths. And yes, there's an element of, well, you need to meet the middle, Malik, if you're not going to run, if you're not going to press, that's different, right? But yeah. at the same time, if we're setting him up to not be successful, then you need to figure it out or you don't play him, right? And I think if if we were to do that, we'd have obviously negated all those attacking qualities, his, his aerial prowess, he scored some headers. You know, th- those are things that sometimes you have to trade off as a manager. And like I say, I, I think the beauty of this now is, is that we've, reduce the size of the space he's got to defend just through a high line, through numbers, you know, through working better with the with the forwards. Um, and then obviously giving him the license to get forward, get into the box, do what he wants to do. So it's that trade-off of, well, if you work hard for me this end, I'll I'll let you off the leash to go attack the other. And I, I think we're getting the the best of both worlds from him. Absolutely. Martin, three little words, set piece goals. Two of them last night. I can't think when the last one was. Never mind two in the in the same game. Um, 
we have changed. I know we we spoke. It, it felt like it went in corners specifically. It went from just out swingers all the time to just in swingers. In fact, it was against St Johnson last week, wasn't it? We were up two weeks ago. We we're up, and it said it feels like that's all we've done. Then we gradually noticed that Ryan Kent was coming to stand next to the taker. Sometimes we'd have a short one, and we'd try and find a another angle. Last night we kind of blew all of that apart. I think it was it was um, it was great from the free kicks. The things I liked about it was obviously the variation. First of all, keeps defences guessing. They never know how, where to stand, where to, where to sit deep, will they come out or not. We've been so easy to defend against when, when you're just firing that ball into the box and they even know what way it's going to come in. Um, mm. But the thing I liked about it was the variation, first of all, but also for the first goal, the quickness of it. That's something I think we've been really, really guilty of in the past. We'll wait for Tav to trot over to the left-hand side. We'll wait for Barisic to trot over. Just that quick pass to Kent gave him the second, half a second that he needed just to find a little bit of space and float that ball in while the defence wasn't set. Um, it is a big thing, I think, set pieces. We maybe, we maybe make too much of it sometimes, but I think when we seen that last night, just that little bit of marginal gain that we got from them, we seen the, the benefits of them were huge. Yeah, you're not bringing doom and gloom to the door this week, are you, with your set piece no, chat? Um, uh, listen, it was an interesting thing when, when Beal came in, they just they just swapped over and we're getting in-swingers instead of out-swingers. Now, I love an in-swinging corner. Now and again, it's nice to, to 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 break things up. And when you're one of the old firm, you have better players than, than anyone else, obviously. Um, but if you're predictable, then that's it's still going to be a tough evening. And yeah. our complaints over the last, especially over the last 18 months, two years, is how predictable we've been. And set-pieces have been a prime example of that and I don't know what was said before last night and I know there's, there's obviously a few factors kind of ongoing um, but that doesn't come from fresher legs or, or or anything else there's something changed there that you're absolutely right it's a sharpness of mind an intensity uh, an urgency um, to, to just vary things up and keep teams like that guessing and just being unable to set up because we know what we're going to do we know what they could have 18 corners all night but we know exactly how they're they're going to look, and we can we can organise for that, right? We we can absolutely set up for that, um, and it's no surprise that when we do mix things up, either in a, a dead ball situation or just in our, our patterns of play, results like that, performances like that last night will happen because they, they won't be able to cope with that. But I don't know where what's kind of changed that recently because we were still absolutely hammering this for, for, for quite a while and it, you're right, the, the, the length of time it takes for one fullback to cross to the other corner of the field um, again, it might be a, a, a small thing and a silly thing but if you're an opposition defence you've been through it, you've been through it, you've been through it you get more time to just ensure that everyone is in place surely if you've got folk you know, getting a bus over to take the, 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 the corner kick so keeping that absolutely rapid, it, it's, it's such a huge thing in this country, when teams book in for bed and breakfast against you, pretty much all the time. Yeah, Ali, what's your thoughts on that from a a kind of coaching's perspective? Because I think the most notable noticeable difference when Bill came in was we changed to in swinging corners, which which is absolutely fine. But then to just suddenly decide in one game, right, we're going to do this. Would that be a, a sort of a analysis type thing that we'll say we think we've identified that if we do this and we maybe change the depth of Hearts' defence, we can catch them on, on the hook? Or would that be something that they're sort of just working towards incrementally and then they decide in a particular game, right, we're going to go for it? The other example that springs to mind was 
let's bring in John McLaughlin against Dundee United specifically because he's good at set pieces. But was that specifically because we're expecting more set pieces from Dundee United because we've identified how good they are? Or is that just let's try this out and see what happens? What would you say from your perspective? Is that a planned thing or just an incremental type improvement? Yeah, I think from the scout report, I think the three big things you'd be looking for is how many's back. So Hearts last night, again, for my second goal, my notes say every player was in the box. So there's no yep. one forward you need to worry about. So that's all 10. The next piece is what does the goalkeeper like to do? Is he a liner? Is he a big aggressive guy who's going to come punch it? Is he, you know, do they have defenders who like to attack the ball? And then within that, the last piece would be how do they defend, right? So if you look at last night, um, for the second goal, uh, Kingsley literally has a bear hug on Morelis, right? Where a Civic allowed Goldson to run his shoulder, which weirdly those two sort of collided and that yeah. allowed Goldson to get the yard to nick the header back in. And then I'm trying to see my notes are here. It's the rolls, I think it was, the Tillman got away from yes. um, the finish. Again, just not very good at picking up at corner kicks. So whether that's, uh, okay, I want this guy to go and stand next to this player, or it's the other way around as footballers sometimes. You know, been situations where we'll say, okay, we'll see who marks you. You mark a big player, all right, we'll try and get him out of the way. Yep. Try and move him from the back post to the front post so we can then get a little cross run. There was one corner right at the end, and I think Hearts players collided actually, um, and end up hitting the bar or the goalkeeper made a save, I think. And we, we basically split the runs where... Before under Gerard, I mean, this is getting into the minutiae, right? But just real quick example, it was everyone stood in a line and then they would yeah. break. Whereas last night it seemed like, okay, we'll have someone short and we'll have someone back post, front post, and then we'll change it up. So yes, there's 10 guys back, but all 10 have to defend us. Yeah. Not, well, we'll just lump it in the box and by virtue of numbers, they're going to head it away. You know, we need, we need to make sure they're thinking. And I think for sure last night, that first goal, really spooked them, which obviously made life easier for us after that because now it seems like we're in control, you know? Yeah, I think on that second one, um, it's quite interesting. I'm not sure maybe the manager would would correct us on that, but when you see Goldson making that, that wide run, it's quite late that he makes that. So maybe that is sort of we'll drag those two players out, like you said, and we'll try and stretch it out. Not necessarily that he's expecting the ball. I think most people thought Barisic had went too deep with that, with that ball, but... Um, not necessarily that he's stretching them out, but maybe he's just trying to create a little bit of space for the cross to then go to Tillman, for example. So it, mm-hmm. it could, it could, like you said, there it, it might not be the definite NFL here is the detailed set play and it's right. going to be this this man. It could just be we want to create space for somebody to score and then it gets there by by whatever means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Martin, you know if there is one thing that I hate, it's being proved right. I really can't. I just find it so so. You feel so embarrassed about it, don't you? Oh, it's just the worst. Um, I'm joking. I'm joking. But as John says here, massive difference. Kent having that free roll rather than than Gio having having him stuck on the wing. Um, I think I said to you maybe what was that a month ago, four five weeks ago. Um, I'm not seeing this massive uptick in performance from Kent that that others have. To me, what he had displayed up until that point, so through December. In the Celtic game, etc., was some very good games, some games that he wasn't great in. Um, but over the last four or five games, uh, I think he's been very, very good in all of them. We've sort of seen that um, he's not picking the ball up as deep as he did on that sort of left, left-hand left side touchline at the, at the halfway line. He's getting involved centrally. He, there was a, an example of the game um, 
the game at the uh, away to St. Johnson where he's picking the ball up right in the D pretty much and looking to lay the ball off in those sort of key areas. Um, I think his role has been very, very crucial. We'll come on to talk about the three um, attackers as a whole, but Kent's role in there, he's still not getting the numbers that I think people will be happy with. I think that's two two goals, two assists in the last 10. I think more people would say that's on the lower end of what we would want from an attacker in that um, in that position, but in terms of how he's looking, how he's moving, how we're able to get him on the ball in areas that I think he can have more of an impact, um, I think he's moved on another level again in the last few weeks. Oh, there's no question he has. Um, certainly no question it's far improved from um, early in the season, just in terms of general play. I think you're right. He, he never really looked ultra comfortable in the, the, the role that, that Gio wanted to use him in and like Kamara he clearly has a, a hugely um uh positive relationship with with Bill so um that freedom impacts other measures of his game his issue before Adam as you know wasn't really where he where he was necessarily it was his execution you know he's um he, his shooting was it was a joke I mean it, it would become it'd become a, a running joke um, about you know the, the Copa Rio being um, in, in in severe danger at times, um, that's nothing to do with where you're. Oh, it doesn't. It shouldn't be anything to do with where you're, you're playing the pitch. But I wonder, maybe Ali, the better place to to answer this than me, that if you have someone exactly where they want to be with that freedom, that that confidence, that happiness, that comfort. Um, just returns to their to their normal game. So when they are in those areas, they're feeling far freer, um, far more confident. Um, instead of the pressure he would have felt, I think before, um, not quite as free, not quite as as mobile, um, and as fluid as he had been under Gerard, and therefore maybe snatching at things. He's just getting whatever whatever brain function is involved with telling your body what to do and that 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 result just wasn't happening which of course it is getting a little better just now um the numbers you're right aren't what a lot of people would would demand but i think they're getting there if that makes any sense and the performances look a, a, a lot more um closer to providing more than they did at the start of the season um kent's issue other than the fact he is the type of player that, that will not do everything every week. Um, it's just the kind of nature of the role at times. Um, but Kent's issue at, at Rangers has, has, has been the price tag. That that price tag for us post-2012, certainly post-2016, kind of means you have to be doing something every week that is, yeah. that is game-changing at this level. Not in Europe necessarily, but against the absolute gunge that, that, that we have to, to come up against on a weekly basis. And that's not always been the case. He is in a fine, fine vein of form at the moment. Um, that's the player that, that excites supporters, of course, and I'm not sure there's there's anyone quite like him. Um, with that pace, allied to to the, the the skill we've got some skillful players um and again if that keeps up um we're all happy but what what happens in the summer then Bill was quite cagey unusually cagey today Adam um very unlike him uh, mm-hmm. I you kind of half expect him to, to just kind of read out the, the 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 full email correspondence there's been on those um um contract negotiations um but he was he was a lot more coy today which is probably no bad thing but i, I didn't take that as being overly positive but i guess we're just reading into things the way we want to i suppose 
You were there, weren't you? Yeah. So I think he said he's got more clarity on the, the situation um, with regards to Kenton Morelos' contracts. I personally, in the room, took that to mean, and he did say this a little bit later on, I've got more clarity than I'm making public, <laughs> if mm. that makes sense. Not necessarily I've got more clarity in the last week, two weeks, whatever. So um, I guess it remains to be seen what happens there. Um, but yeah, he was more cagey and he was more aware of it possibly been contradicting himself. But I think we, we forget that the press conference is basically one big PR stunt, really. So yeah. we'll see things that maybe we want to get out there we, we can't see other things so um yeah i think we, we do place a little bit too much stock in them sometimes but i guess actions speak louder than words and we'll see um how things go ali um i'd like to talk about the front two and i'm calling it a, a front two uh I, I feel like more often than not in this this burst of games fashion sakala has been a withdrawn center forward for me there have been points in in games, uh, most notably against Celtic, where he has played off the wing at various points in the game, but it sort of feels like it's Morelos, Sakala, and then Kent in behind at, at times. Whether it lines up that way, whether it's there for the full game, but it, it kind of feels like that. Um, last night, I thought the way that Morelos and Sakala played together as a strike partnership for for points, I thought was fantastic. The way that they stretched, we had Sakala going left, going right. Morelos, you look at the goal that was. Um, that was offside to Kyler's goal there and that to me is a sort of perfect summation of what they can do. I know Morelos was offside and jumped forward but Morelos bringing the ball in, slipping it through for Sakala to go in behind and finish. Um, we've waited a long time for Morelos to get a partner. I'm not necessarily saying this is this is it, this is what we're going to go with long term but as we spoke about with Kent there, it makes a big difference when you've got two other players in that front three who are consistently bringing in the numbers. Um, Sakala, I've seen some people saying, oh he's this and he's that again last night but I thought he did very very well in the sort of perfect game for him I would say that that sort of high line lots of space can run on can finish without having to think about too much I thought he was great as well but more importantly in terms of the combination there what how did you think that was last night and is that something that you've been quite pleased with over the last few weeks Against against that back three, it was excellent because there's lots of space, right? So when you've got you've got lots of space there, they can really stretch, like you said, go left and right, play on the outside of them, a bit more freedom. I think when Hearts changed to correct me if I'm wrong, it was more like a four four two at the end. Yeah. Um, we started seeing peel wide a little bit more. I guess it's like anything, right? If let's say we play Cantwell on that inside right and Kent and inside left, penetration has to come from somewhere, right? So if Alfie's checking towards the ball all of a sudden you've now got this problem where everybody wants the ball, right? Which is brilliant. But if you get no one making runs and no one that has the ability to get in behind a back line, especially one that's going to squeeze up and give you the space, then you're going to have issues, right? Either you're shooting from distance or you're asking your fullbacks to, to you know, create the chances, which obviously we know ours can. Um, but yeah, I think he looked really lively. I think the frustrating part is always those moments where falls to him six yards out and he balloons over the bar. But I think I've sort of made peace with that, that that's yeah. the trade-off for the um, the pace for, you know, that invention. And I think this is the other part as a support we've really had to, I guess, sort of learn is that's not going to be there every game, right? And it might be big away games like this, that this is where he comes into his own. I'm not saying he's going to be delighted with that, 
Right? He has played a lot of football recently, but if you look at the games he's played best in, it's probably in those games, right, where there's a wee bit more space to attack. Um, long term, I, I think we need um, to maintain that role, right? So, like I said, this idea of just playing with two creative boys underneath a striker, I think, you know, sometimes you have to be careful with that, that we're not overplaying. Yeah. Um, but for sure, you know, playing with a two, uh, you know, twin strikers, with uh, we we can't underneath them. I think it's worked excellently. I guess this is the next point to this when when Cholak came on, Cholak and Alfie doing that is not the same. No. They are not the same partnership. So this idea that oh well, they're two strikers, they'll just do the same thing. Again, we've got to be really careful how we uh, how we approach that. Absolutely, Martin. The Sakala thing, I do feel like it's less erratic. Than it has been. I think there are still moments like probably couldn't have been more erratic at points. Think Dundee United before mm, he put Dundee in United. that before he put in that goal. But I do feel like it is. Obviously, there's that sitter that he missed um, in the game last night. But even the two offside goals are like they're really really good finishes. Like one on one, left foot, right foot. Um, he, he can finish on on both feet. But I wonder if this and this is a question I asked the manager again. One of these players that was just never going to get a, a chance. You think about. Cedric Etten, um, what can you get in and get an eight to ten game run as a striker? Has has our misfortune on the injury front um, given Sakala a little bit of an opening there that's allowed him to get as much consistency as a player like that possibly can and try and re- again reduce those weaknesses and, and maximise his strengths. Yeah, he has been the beneficiary of of what we've been we've been dealing with. Um, I'm not sure it's necessarily less erratic but it's more productive so that the, the higher end of yes. the Sakala range is uh we're seeing more of it and it's 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 it's, it's um reaping some um, reward for us but there's still moments that set up for example um he yeah I'm not going to get out the hoary old cliches but um he he is uh an interesting footballer um but that comfort again that belief that I think he, he will definitely take from from Beal. He's part of the, the management structure that brought me in the first place. Um, and, yeah, issues with Geo being subbed in the final, blah, 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 after being a sub. Um, of course he would take a lot from that. I mean, you'd, yeah. you'd be crazy, crazy not to think that. Um, but, God, he still gives you... <laughs> He still frustrates the life out. Yeah, I, I get frustrated just by anyone who can't look across a line and remain on side. It, it absolutely does 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 me in. Um, but do we care when he's he's starting to to to, to give us numbers? Probably not. Conscious of time, um, so we'll begin. Um, we'll finish off by talking about Ross County. But just before I do, Ali, I wanted to get your thoughts on where we think Morelos is right now. Um, with the the sort of wider the wider support and Martin you can jump in as well if you want because for me I I was quite comfortable with the prospect of of Morelos going in the summer um he does go through these purple patches where he looks in form we can argue that they seem to get less every year um I think it was a matter of weeks last year but he's, he's kept it up for for a good few weeks this time around where where do you think we stand with him I think the, there's a lot of the fan base that still have a huge amount of love for him and they want him to turn it around and they want him to to probably sign a new contract and and be here and be the number one striker but there is a what was a sort of growing majority a growing minority towards the end of of last year 
who were quite happy to cut our losses, didn't think we would be spending, I don't know, £30,000 a week or whatever on a, on a new contract because he's a player that fitness was going downhill, etc. Are we now back in this cycle again of let's love him while he's hot? Or is this is there a more cynical approach here that we think we need to take? Where where do you stand on it and where do you think the, the sort of fan base are just now? Well, I think one thing we can confirm is football's very cynical. So this idea that everybody's in love with him in the club right now, uh, I'm not so sure. I think well, he's playing well. Everyone in the club's in love with him. But the minute he doesn't show up to something or he gets himself sent off, we go back into these sort of peaks and trough again, uh, troughs again, right? So I think... Like I mentioned earlier with Kamara, it's mutually beneficial, right? If he plays well, he gets a good move, right? If And if that's uh, another contract with us or that's a contract somewhere else where he can make himself more money, it's in his interest to score goals for us. So this idea that he's just sort of seen out the summer, I, I don't necessarily think it's the case. I think he himself would want to do it. Again, on, on Beal's side as well, he's got the, the ability now to say, well, if you keep, you know, doing the business for us, then of course we can pay you what you want. So again, it's that that dance is there. Well, how long does this last? Um, you know, you scored a couple of goals, but we're not, you know, this isn't five hat tricks in a row here. So I think we need to sort of temper it with he's he's getting better. He certainly looks more interested, certainly looks yep. more at it. I guess my my bigger concern, mate, is always the sort of circus that surrounds him now. We should be old enough and wise enough to know now, the minute he leaves, that circus will probably attach itself to someone else, right? It just happens with Rangers. Uh, personally, though, I would I would prefer a striker who's a little bit more of a hitman, but just does his business by scoring and isn't so much yeah. of a sort of outlandish figure, yeah. a hate figure like him. Um, but not that that's his fault, to be fair, but there's a lot of baggage with Alfie. There's, there's a lot of history there, even for him only being here a... I guess a relatively short period of time, but personally, for me, I, again, I'm completely fine with him moving on. Um, if he was to stay, I'd have bigger issues with how you then manage a second striker because he can't play sixty games, and that's what this team does, right? Yeah. So, how do you manage that second striker? I think that's really the question that no manager really has solved since he signed. Um, so I guess that would be the bigger concern for me is how does he form as part of a squad? Because as we've saw, he needs these six, seven games in a row to get up to speed, and that's not that's not modern football. You can't you can't be that way anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, Martin, as as Ali said, there is obviously that little bit of pantomime villain thing about them, and we've seen it last night. Out of all the people that I thought would be getting involved in um, something like this, I was very surprised it was Neil McCann. I have to be honest, I don't know quite what was was going through his head, you can look at it logically and you think, yes, Morelos has over overcelebrated. Has he even over-celebrated? But because of a VAR decision, he's, he's celebrated, but he's still in the Hearts penalty box when he slides over. I don't get how that makes him a an idiot, particularly because in his first goal, he was two minutes, two metres away from Hearts, player, uh, Hearts fans when he celebrated. Goldson was face-to-face with Hearts fans when he was celebrating. Mm. I don't quite understand why he was picked out. Um, it'd be really interesting to see if Neil McCann can explain his comments. I think, as Michael Beale said today, it's probably one that he would regret more than, than Morelos regretting. I hate VAR controversy. I hate this type of controversy as well, but I just found this one a little bit strange, particularly because Neil McCann has been one of the very, very, very few Rangers-minded or Rangers-favoured pundits who has had zero 
on minimal criticism from from Rangers fans, and now it's it's come his way. Oh, God, there's a whole sorry podcast in this. I think um, the fun police and the celebration police and uh, and all of that is is interminable. Um, it is. Uh, a combustible game, it is drama, it is a bit of pantomime, and he plays that role, he plays it in every ground there is. He seems all right with playing that role um, at Fur Park and St Mum, I'm sure I've seen um, plenty of things thrown near him. Now, McCann tried to, I think, reverse engineer or, or whatever, or kind of justify it by by referencing, you know, the, the Neil Lennon incident from what? 11, 12 years ago uh, at Tyne Castle, that it can be quite a a, a huge, um, a hugely atmospheric place, very intense. Um, it was a bit odd, right, because of the, the VAR decision, and yeah. that has has changed the theatre of football a wee bit and celebrations and whatever. And he was just having fun with it. Uh, the game was done. There was no edge. There was no needle left in it. I um, mean, you're right. He was miles away, really, from from the actual um, touchline. Um, and it is unlike McCann. I, I think fans were very thin-skinned with punditry. Um, and I have every... I would, I would support fans in getting um, uh, outraged when pundits are just wrong. They're factually incorrect about yeah. their, their, their knowledge of the, the laws of the game, for example, talking about penalty incidents, or they're they're wrong about history and then they come up with something that's just completely ridiculous and any Rangers fan of any age will know there are, there are plenty of examples um, of that throughout the, the years. Where I tend to get a wee bit embarrassed is um, when we start to have a serious reaction to people's opinions because they're whether they played for Rangers or not, they are allowed them and it is just someone's opinion yeah. and they don't all have to have the same opinions as us. And that's not a matter of fact. It's not someone, someone's been wrong. McCann looks stupid on this occasion. The complication with McCann is that he will be employed by Rangers at some point. Yeah. Or has been employed by Rangers and can that continue because of the choice of language? And I think that's a, a genuine consideration for the club um to have. You can say Manelis really need to do that. Do we, you know, he could take a very moralistic position about, you know, that could have incited a riot. Um, as you know that some some pundits and some players can. Um, but Neil McCann loved the celebration on one famous day, I'm pretty sure, back in May 1999. Um, so I, I, it, it's all just a bit silly. Would we be talking about that if it was fashion? Of course we would not. No. Um, we're talking about it because it goes back to Ali's point about the, the, the baggage there. Um, there are a lot of pundits, certainly of or Rangers, ex-Rangers players as pundits, who don't have a lot of time for them at all. Not on the mic, no. but, but um, off it. Um, in my experience over the last year or so of, of hanging around um the uh, the media area so um that that's obviously kind of slipped out as for Alfie's future no I think he will go in the summer I think it's a question of trust and we have been through these through these purple patches before they're wonderful um they don't last we have had our money's worth for that one million pounds and then some and then some we probably should have cashed in our chips when he was at his hottest but He's a very, very popular, very talismanic figure uh, around the club and around the support. So I understand why that 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 wasn't done. Um, but the manager seems very clear that he's getting another number nine, and that would mean that that 
Cholak would be been without much time under Bale, and I'm not, not entirely sure that's going to happen. So I yeah. would not expect them to, to hang about. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, Ali, I know you have to jump off, but if we've got 90 more seconds of, of your time, um, in terms of Todd Cantwell, um, we've not really spoken about him yet. He came on last night and I thought he showed some lovely, lovely touches. I thought just gliding about the pitch. I was in my head caveating it with, well, the game's done, it's 3-0, but where Rangers want to get to, the game is hopefully going to be done more often than not when, when these substitutes are coming on. So I don't think that's really a, a very fair comparison. I was very happy with how he did last night. And I think the manager has done that quite well. He, he gave everybody about 75 minutes last night, I guess on the working assumption that two or three of the ones that came on will probably see starting at the weekend. You can sort of see in your head, Sakala, Weighty Tynecastle, Todd Cantwell coming in at, at Ross County. You can see that as a sort of logical thing to do. Um, what's been your thoughts on him? I know we've only seen him for, I think that is about just over an hour, maybe 70 minutes or so over the two games. But what's your thoughts on him? And, and is he a candidate for, for starting on Saturday again, do you think? Absolutely. And again, it's, it's you mentioned there, horse for courses. You know, this lad's a dribbler. He's going to try and take people on uh, in a similar vein to, to Kent. So if you have two of them, now that allows you to get runners around them, overlaps, get the fullbacks a little bit higher. Um, whereas, you know, to say go back to again start the season really your only ball carriers were maybe Tillman from deep and Kent wide now you've got this sort of new dimension right for a third player in there that likes the ball at feet um, I think we're going to have to be patient with him because as we saw and again it was 3 nils didn't really matter but the chance that Shanklin had start with his turnover right dribbling into pressure ball turned over he's now got two guys um, trying to protect him and um, and Lundstrom and Kamara, I think it was, and just too yeah. big a space in the cover. They couldn't do it. And like I say, Shannon got the chance. So I think that's where we need to maybe, you know, he needs to work himself back into things. Um, but again, terrific footballer, clearly very, 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 very talented, technically very good. Um, a bit interesting to see if he's got goals in him. That's the again, that's the one thing for me. I'm I'm not so sure about is he is he going to get enough shots? Is he going to beat enough people? Or is he again in that mold of a creator? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see him. And again, against a team that's going to sit in probably camp at four, you know five four one. This is going to be absolutely ideal for a player like that. Get him between the lines. Get him combining with the forwards. I'm I'm looking forward to watching him. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll finish the show with a comment from Slubs. Looking forward to seeing Raskin, aren't we all? Um, <laughs> as of this morning, when at the press conference, I don't think the, the work permit had came through. I'm not sure what don't that do means. this Dell to me again, please. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means in terms of, of training. Uh, something in my brain thinks you're not even allowed to train if the work permit is not there. So I'm going to say that's unlikely for any kind of... Um, debut on Saturday but I equally didn't think Todd Cantwell would start the game last week so who knows uh, I think the manager is very quick to get people in if you're ready there's no there's no time to to waste if not maybe more likely with a free week of training we'll see him against Partick Thistle so um, we'll see how that goes but anyway um, that will do us for tonight a, a very enjoyable one talking about an enjoyable game fingers crossed it is the same next week Martin thank you for joining me pleasure pal thank you and Ali, thank you very much. Good to have you on Extra. Smash, mate. Thanks a lot. Cheers. And as always, thank you all for listening or watching. Um, David will be back on Monday to recap the, the game at the weekend, as you can see by the ticker down the bottom. If you haven't signed up to Heart and Hand on Patreon, you can do that now. You can listen to up to five podcasts a day 
for just one ninety nine per month. If you prefer the free shows, as I said, David will be back on Monday and I will be back this time next week with another live extra. Thanks for watching. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.